Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Audit Podcast. Today's episode is the best advice from audit leaders. We've been talking to over the past probably six, nine months. For those that don't know, for every episode, we take a clip. Usually it's either our favorite part of the show or what we feel like is thought leadership or the best piece of advice or guidance. From that individual show, we post it to our YouTube channel as well as all over our social media channels. So all those links should be in the show notes. Feel free to subscribe to those, check them out as you will. First up, we have Katrina Shattuck. She is the Enterprise Risk and Audit Leader at Enact Mortgage Insurance. Here we go. Build your relationships with your clients. Like that, spend spend time building your relationships. Um, I think auditors, we get so ingrained in, in, in the process, uh, which makes perfect sense. Um, but you know, we're ready to get in or do the planning. We, you know, planning, scoping, right. It's, it's test ups. And, and you just miss like the really important part, um, of connecting with the auditee and, and that should take place really throughout the year. Um, but especially at the beginning of an audit, when you come in, um, otherwise they just feel used and like, you know, not, not that important. So, um, I've, I've realized that you get a much better response from, um, oddities whenever they feel like you actually care about them as a person. Um, and they feel like you're trying to help. And that just takes some building the relationship and not, not coming in as an auditor, um, you know, and just getting right to it, I think is really important to spend a little bit of time getting to know everybody in the company that you're working with. Next, we have Yulia German. She's the Vice President of Internal Audit and Corporate Security at Packaging Corporation of America. Uh, if the listeners should do one thing after listening to this episode um, that they can take back to their, their department to make a change, what would that be? Well, if you haven't done that already, I would say go and talk to people in the organization, you know, build the relationships, especially given that we've been remote for a couple of years. Some of us stay remote, some of us yeah. somewhat returned, um, reconnect with people, understand what's top of mind for them, not in a formal risk assessment setting or anything like that, but really a quick conversation. If you can do it in person, perfect, even better. If you can't, you know, quick phone call and, or, or zoom or whatever they prefer, right. Just kind of learning your audience and, and really understanding how you can, provide that value but also 
if you haven't done that, you, me personally, and I'm sure some of you hired people remotely in the last couple of years, and, and if they didn't get a chance to get introductions to some key uh, stakeholders, also make sure that you take the time to introduce your team uh, members to the key players and make sure that they know who they are and that they can open up that conversation and continue the dialogue. Uh, very important in, in internal audit and any profession to build those relationships and, and really have the, the positive momentum and uh, adding value, understanding how you can do it. Here is Amanda Hill, formerly at the time of the recording, was the manager of IT risk and global technology, but has since left on to join the consulting world. If there was some guidance you could pass along on how to ask better questions, what would that be? Sure. Um, you know, again, you know, take five minutes to understand what you're truly trying to get at, understand how it relates to either the project at hand or the bigger picture um, and ask, you know, those open-ended questions. Don't ask yes or no questions. Get get whomever you're speaking to talking and opening up. And I mean, that's where the, the real insight, in my opinion, comes from. Um, you don't just want to go down your checklist of yes or no, yes or no, we do this, we don't do that. Um, you know, you want to get them open, you know, your, your stakeholders, your auditees, open and, and chatting and, and having a more comfortable and dare I say casual conversation because that's where their true, you know, what's top of mind for them is really going to shine through um, and not even what's top of mind from a risk standpoint, but what's gone well, what are the, some recent, you know, achievements or, you know, what are some recent projects that have crossed the finish line? All of that is going to help guide and inform your audit program. Although not an internal audit leader, certainly a leader in every sense of the word. Next, we have Melissa Galasso. She is the founder and CEO of Galasso Learning Solutions, where they offer uh, CPAs, continuing education credits. She's also the lead instructor for Becker Professional Education. She's also on the not-for-profit advisory committee for the Financial Accounting Standards Board, as well as she's an at-large council member for the AICPE. And lastly, <laughs> she is the author of Money Matters for Nonprofits, how board members can harness the power of financial statements by understanding basic accounting. What questions should the audit committee chair be asking audit leadership? I think there's two things that the audit committee chair should always be kind of coming back to at the end of the day. And the first ones were, were there any hiccups? Were there any disagreements, right? I need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. So I need to know how this audit went. I need to know, even if it's not a, an audit, maybe it's just a research project or it's a, a project or a sub-focus that the, the group is working on, maybe it's an investigation, right? How did it go? How was the interaction with management? Were there any hiccups? Were there any disagreements? Um, because otherwise, how do we ensure that oversight capacity, right, for management and how do we go through this? So we really need to start understanding what are the processes that are happening? Are these relationships working? Um, is this being treated with the respect that it needs to be? And that's always the first side of it. But then the second thing that I always like to recommend is the relationship on benchmarking. And I don't think that this gets enough attention, right? So to me, um, when we think about benchmarking, we need to say, well, how are we doing compared to others in our industry? How are we doing compared to things that you have seen in your experiences? Are there any places where we could improve, right? Are there spots where our internal controls aren't doing as well? Um, is there a better way to do this process, right? So a lot of efficiency type of questions that come out. And what I love about auditors is whether you're internal or external, you know all about the organization, you know, the operations, you know, the business, you know, the financials, you know, the interaction, you know, the people. And by the time you do this enough, you really have a good understanding of what are the best practices. And so often, maybe the auditor doesn't want to come in and say, hey, 
you could totally do this a hundred times better because that wasn't really the point of the audit, right? The yeah. point of the audit was, is this correct? And you're like, well, yeah, it's correct, but it could have been done in half yeah. the time. Um, but if you engage in that and you ask, right, I want that information. I need that feedback. Come tell me what we could do better. What do you see as opportunities for us? I don't think we leverage the audit knowledge that's out there. There's so much knowledge about the organization, about the industry, about best practices that people don't ask about. And I don't find sometimes auditors are afraid to give that feedback if it's not asked for. Um, and so the second thing I always recommend that they reach out is really just come out and say, hey, you know, how could we do better? Where are our opportunities? How are we doing comparatively? And let us know so that we can act on it and we can always move the needle forward. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Coming up, we have Jason Menendez. He is the Vice President of Internal Audit at Jushi Holdings. What's on your wish list, maybe even now as an audit leader? Like we had this blank canvas, I'm going to build it. This is on my wish list. Yeah. So, so frankly, I, I knew being involved in internal audit, right, at PwC and, and, and kind of helping some different clients, I, I knew some common pitfalls, right, and in, in such as like admin time and, and being too broad and, and things of that nature that I knew I wanted to stay away from, right? So, so one of the things that I've tried to get involved with, and again, it's been only less than two years, right? So a... I, I want to continue to invest in my team's ability for data analytics, right? Mm -hmm. And that is is a massive effort, right? Because you, you need the company to to buy in, you need to have the skill sets to weigh in and, and work. So we we've been making strides, right? I mean, I, I think the strides that we've made continue to prove out, right? That we get the most bang for buck on 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 those efforts. Um out, out of all the data focus reviews we've done, we we've really gotten good feedback and, and good findings, right? So with the limited tools and, and skills, right? My team just kind of learning. I don't have like a data scientist, right? Like yeah. Team, right? Like we're, we're just a bunch of Swiss army knives who just learn stuff and figure it out. Um, we, we focus on cost, right? Is like, how, how do we find the trip, find the money, right? Go deep into to the cost and, and, and understand um, like, how we can provide it, right? We were able to come up with some significant cost savings for the company, uh, which was really turned the conversation to a very higher level, right? Like I, I was on the phone with my CFO just discussing my observations log, right? Where he was just like, wow, like you guys were able to find all this in what, a couple of weeks of just digging through. And yeah, I mean, data is is key, right? And when you know how to maneuver it and, and, and understand it, you, you really can drive significant value for the company, right? The, the, the power of leading with it gets gets management's attention, right? I, I mean, I, I don't want to oversimplify an example, right? We say, okay, well, you know, your, your approval matrix is, is off versus, hey, you know, you had a, an associate approving $100,000 worth uh -huh. of money. That that hits differently, right? Yeah. And you're only finding that through data analytics. Like your your sample selections are not going to be good enough, right? So communicating that impact and going back to our earlier question of the so what with data, 
is powerful. So, so if I had a wish list, right, if I could invest any amount of money into doing that, it would be growing that skill set and the tools for, for my team so that we can really dive deeper than, than we have at this point and in, in wider across the company. Coming up next is super innovative internal audit leader, David Hill. He is the CEO of Swap Internal Audit Services. What do you feel is like one of the, the number one issues that's being discussed amongst chief audit executives? I, I, I'm sensing, um, <clears throat> again, coming from back of a few conferences, I'm sensing it, it is this communicating well, communicating mm -hmm. in a timely manner. Um, so it's adopting new methodologies, new technologies, all of which can help communicate quicker. So, you know, one of the things that um, I was I picked up on the standards the other day about, you know, added value, you know, it talks about added value 30 times, I think, in our standards. Hmm. And then it talks about what it is in the glossary, one, one paragraph in the glossary. But what it doesn't say is that <clears throat> it's got to be delivered in a timely manner. And I think that's missing from the standards. So the word timely doesn't exist in there. And for me, it's, it's okay delivering added value through, you know, assurance and governance and, and control and all the other areas. But if it's not timely, the horse is bolted. So therefore, that word timely is really important. So if you've got the tools and systems and processes that can allow you to provide that information in a timely manner, then everyone wins. So that that's where I am. And I think that's becoming more and more of a conversation now. Coming up next is Paul Smith. He is the Senior Vice President and Chief Audit Executive at Reinsurance Group of America. As an audit leader, what do you like? What do you care about? Uh, and I ask that to get for those that aren't uh, Chief Audit Executives to give them some level of insight as far as like, okay, if I become a Chief Audit, maybe I sh this is what I should care about more so than maybe I'm not thinking about right now. So just yeah. almost like your perspective as a, a CAE, what do you care about now? Yeah. Well, one of my uh, one of my colleagues made a comment to me once that um, executive attention is a scarce resource, mm. and I think that's a true fact. I mean, there's information overload, and where I'm most focused on is insight, not information. Yeah, you know, and that's insight through doing data analytics to understand where the company has control strength based on information that's already available, but where do we provide insight that others are not. Right. And that's really, I think, the thing that I really try to drive home um, as we identify findings. What, what of this is systemic? Do we understand root cause? Um, how are we looking at the business and where there could be risk in the future? Um, and then how are we getting ahead of the curve to look at it ahead of time to protect the company? And, and so it's much less about compliance auditing and much more about understanding the nature of the business, how it's evolving, where controls, where, where risk is emerging, and how do we know enough to know to be at the right place at the right time at the right depth? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is what it's all about. And, uh, and it's not easy, right? That requires a lot of critical thinking and analysis mm -hmm. to, to be able to do that. But I, I, I do see that as probably being where our greatest value is. And last but certainly not least is TPRM thought leader, Linda Tuck Chapman. She is the CEO of Third Party Risk Institute, as well as a chair of the Third Party Risk Management Roundtable. So one of the important components of a program that I, I don't always see done well, and sometimes it's not really done intentionally at all, is to create a relationship segmentation framework. Okay. And what I mean by that is, 
when you're looking at uh, trying to create some consistency across the organization, the first thing you want to know is how important is that relationship, right? And it has to be in the context of the business unit and the company. So coming up with some sort of different levels, descriptions, impact descriptions, examples, et cetera. So you can start to parse out the, the relationships in, in terms of three or four or five levels in, of importance. I mean, you have the ones that are kind of bet the company and fall on your knees if they don't work, people get that. But how would you actually create a little bit of segmentation, which helps you risk adjust your activities? So the second element, which I, I still see blended in in some organizations is you take this notion of criticality, which is important to importance to your company, it's inward facing, it's your company, how important is this relationship? The outward facing is the exposure to risk. Which risks are you exposed to? And being very intentional about looking at the different types of risk and determining whether you're exposed to it is part of your relationship segmentation. It drives all of your downstream activity all the way to you know the day that their relationship ends. So that's something I would really advocate that people think very carefully about, particularly auditors can, can give some direction in that area because part of the problem is also risk ratings. If you blend all this stuff together, you have to give a lot of points to the criticality component of it because it's how important it is. And then you're skinning down on, on you know the points you give it for risk exposure. So if you separate the concepts, I think that's really super helpful. It also improves your risk reporting because then you can come and say, you said these were your, the important ones is we've agreed to this. Here's the risk profile, right? These ones are kind of moderate importance. We want to make sure that we manage them. Here's the risk profile. It just makes a whole lot more sense. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.